Welcome to Mama Own Your Ish podcast, the pod all about real life stories of moms whom I called qualified mothers. Why? Because I strongly believe every mother is qualified to be the best mom they can be once they unlock their parenting as a skill to magnify their greatness and bring about their child's happiness. These mamas share their personal journey with you, knowing that their story can encourage you to be the best you can so that you can parent from a place of love and confidence. Hello and welcome again to Woman Own Your Ish. And yet again, yes, yet again, we have yet another qualified mama in the house. And I am always, always honored. I can't express how honored I am to have my qualified mamas come up in here and share their own experience of what their parenting has been, what it's going to be like, maybe in some cases, and to share their main struggles, how they rose and overcome their parenting sadness, because every day is not a happy day, and how we as, as a community can help one another grow. So, Joanne, welcome to Woman Own Your Ish. How are you? Thank you, Janelle. It's fun to be here. I'm fine. I have no more teenagers, unlike you. (laughs) Guess what, Joanne? When I grow up, I want to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to tell you the truth, when they're young adults, Janelle, it doesn't always solve all the problems. (laughs) They, They still need you and want your input, advice, and support. I think... I think once you have that baby, yes, it, I, I, I didn't imagine it when I started all those years back, but it doesn't really end. And some of it is exhilarating and wonderful. And a lot of it is pretty exhausting. It's a hard job. And I thought, silly me, that <laughs> as they get older, I get freer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I thought that too, but it's, it's a, every, every stage is, is a different free. And I think even young adults today you know the 20 year olds Mm. 22 24 first of all their prefrontal cortexes are still developing until they're 25 so you just never know what how rational they are but i think today's world even though our kids seem to be tweens like immediately that happens quickly in their young adult years there's still a lot of things in today's world i think that they are struggling with you know and and working on uh to become who they really feel most comfortable being so i don't mean to be you know negative nelly but there's lots of ups and downs in the course of our parenting journeys what do you think was one of the most hardest you know and challenge for you and i know you may have a lot but one that really knocks you down you know there's always one that you're on the floor with right yes yes and i for me i think it was my well, my, both my daughters had their struggles in, in uh, actually, my middle daughter was in more in high school, but my older daughter really happened once she was, uh, it was in high school at the end of high school. And then after college, she sort of went through ups and downs. And we eventually found that she had a personality disorder, um, BPD, borderline, and she had symptoms of it. She, in high school, up until she got to high school, she was a good student. She loved to sing and play the piano. She had great friends. And we talked about a lot of things. And she went to high school. 
um, and just for some reason gave up these great friends she had and started to be drawn to a crowd that wasn't a good influence. And, you know, as a parent, you what you and I discussed earlier, you got to let them do their thing. <laughs> and she got really sucked in and it was not good. I didn't set, you know, it's one thing to want to support them in becoming who they are. And maybe she was sick of studying and sick of being good. And I get that. But she really got sucked into a a, a, a a less than terrific crowd and was smoking pot, smoking weed, and um, just staying out late. And it it became an issue where we we started to really worry about her. But she managed to pull it off. I mean, she got through high school. She wasn't very happy. She wasn't very happy. And we, my husband and I, said, okay we should get you in therapy because I think one thing that's very hard for parents is to ask for help. And yeah. we realized that we, we were doing everything we could and it just, something else was needed, but she wasn't really in the mood for therapy. So that didn't go all that well. She, you know, she went, she was uh, um, willing to go, but it, it, I don't think, I think seeds were planted, but it didn't sink in. And she went off to college and did well, but, eventually everything caught up with her and she was pretty depressed and anxious and to this day she's um she's much much better but she has anxiety and it's anxiety where at times it's crippling and couldn't work and it's just so heartbreaking when your own child who you know has so much potential and is not reaching it so that's a really that was a really tough one um for us because i want to i want to ask you john i mean mm -hmm. how hard it was for you as a mom to watch and know that you're trying everything you can but yet still not having the control to fix things to get it right i mean right <laughs> and one of the things as a parent that i think i i i understand so much better now janelle is that I think I was parenting based from a, a place of fear. Mm. And I think when fear sort of your fear meter goes up, uh, it's much harder to be, you're not calm. So you don't face the issues and talk about the issues in, in a way that is, is working very well. And I think, you know, it, then it leads to guilt and self-doubt and you start to say, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough mother. And I think every mother who's honest will at times say, am I good enough? Am, yeah, am I doing it right? <laughs> <laughs> we, I think and if you think you're the perfect mother, there's something really wrong. Absolutely. I mean, it's just it's it's really a, a hard job. So for me, that was uh, I, I it was troubling. But I I finally learned I. I think I got a hold of the fact that I wasn't making it better by freaking out and worrying and being fearful. And when I started to be more aware that I could only worry about what I can control. And mm -hmm. one thing I think I, my advice to every parent is realize that one thing you can control is yourself. If you can learn to regulate your own emotions, you're going to do a whole lot better in facing the roller coaster of emotions from your kids, be they toddlers, tweens, or teens, or young adults for that matter. Mm -hmm. So I think I, 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 I realized I was doing everything I could when we felt that we were. We tried many different therapies and programs, and she has gotten better. But 
she had to do some hard work and I had to not worry about what I couldn't control. And right. there were some things you can't control. They're just, yeah. you know, and maybe she built some resilience from all this. I think so. Um, my middle daughter definitely did. She she did an eating disorder thing in high school and, and got to college and said, I can't do this anymore. And she went for help. So we, she was, it was easier in a sense. We knew there was a problem, mm-hmm. figured it out. And when she was ready to address it, which took a while, she she did and she's great so you know but each time one of your kids struggles regardless of the struggle it's it's kind of heartbreaking it's it it's, is. Really, it is. it's really hard to watch and it affects the whole family um i'm very fortunate my husband and i somehow got through all of this together we were always you know being on the same page and talking about what was the best route to go or what we needed to do and the kids all are close. Um, so we were very fortunate that everyone, we all saw that we were all stressed and we were because, trying to help one another. Right, that's what I was coming to ask you. With all the moving parts that was going on with your kids at different ages, different levels, you know, how did you manage to keep it together? Keep your own ish together. My own ish. Yeah, with your husband, yep. you know, because it messes with your, your mind. It messes with your happiness. It messes with other relationships. All those things. And and you you manage to to keep all that together, girl. I'm not sure, Janelle, (laughs) but but, um, there were plenty of days that I was blue and unhappy and constantly worried. It was the worry and that um, hamster wheel in your brain that goes around and around. And you sometimes, I think we think that if the more anxious we are, if we think it over again and again and again and again and let it ruminate, that it's going to make it that nothing will happen that you can worry about, mm-hmm. which is not true. So you really have to talk to yourself. And uh, one thing I tried to do was do self-care. I realized that, yes, I was doing everything I could under the circumstances and it did I don't think it was depression. It was just a sadness mm-hmm. in watching these struggles. But I also knew that I had to stay strong because it wasn't going to help if I fell apart. And my husband and I, again, I think your communication with your partner is really important. You've got to maintain that um, and not assume that one of you is going to take care of it and the other can just leave. You know, leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. So I think that's. I think that's my best answer for that question is that we just realized um, and, and the kids realized that each of them had their own, you know, their struggles and they tried to be supportive of one another as well. Not always, you know, that didn't always happen. Oh. But it, when you're sad, it was a sad period um, when each of those events occurred. So I just want to say that, you know, we all think we're going to we have these expectations in our minds that our children are going to be everything we hope they're going to be. And they're going to be who they are and who they need to be. And I've discovered there's nothing worse than, well, not nothing worse, but it's really difficult when I watch parents who have these expectations of their children and who kind of impose on them their goals and dreams, as opposed to letting their children find their goals and dreams. It, um, uh, it, it because your kid gets into a great school or does is a great athlete or can play the violin doesn't shouldn't reflect on you as a human being. It's their 
their their accomplishment. So um, I'm always trying to, you know, warn parents about what we call helicoptering or worse yet, snow plowing and not letting your child have. The, I mean, we tried to be helpful and supportive, but we 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 couldn't change it. We couldn't we realized we couldn't fix these things. Mm-hmm. They had to ease out or wear out or, or find their end. And each of the girls had to adjust in her, her own way. Yes. And, you know, I think we forget, <laughs> Joanne, that as parents, our main job is to prepare our children to be adults. And yes. we, we, we get confused um, between being in control and having control of. That's right. Right. And I know as a mother, it hurts to see your child not get through with certain things, right? Uh, May cry, may be upset, may get angry. It hurts you because you want to make sure that they don't ever have to feel some some of the things that you know how much it hurts being an adult. But we can't stop that because then we are stopping their growth. So that's that's a fine, very, very fine line. And it's a difficult one to discern what's best for you. And it's different for every mom or dad or, or parent, I, I think. But you have to find your line and, and try to understand. As I said to you earlier, I, I think um, problem-free is not prepared. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're prepared. So if you fix everything or make them do things, excuse me, all your your way all the time, I. You're right there. You're not raising an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you're raising someone who will need you forever. And they do in some ways, but, you know, you're hoping that they can become the best that they can be. Exactly. In their own way. Because that, because really, when you speak to moms and you're like, and you say to them, you know, what it is you want for your child, you want them to be happy. <laughs> That's right. Of course, I think happy is sort of a not the best paradigm to use i think i want my children to be emotionally healthy (laughs) and i know happy is happy is a dividend is an extra dividend and i know you are very good in you know speaking about emotional intelligence so tell me a little bit more about that you know as a mom i discovered emotional intelligence shortly after daniel goleman i mean there were scientists who did this before him, but he wrote his book, I think it was 1990, 91. And I read that book and was intrigued and sort of didn't think about it too much. And in recent years, I've really done more research and I became trained in uh, or certified in training for it. Emotional intelligence is really that EQ in my mind is, 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 equally important as IQ because your intelligence quotient gets you into things and it makes you able to study and read and do well and think through problems and solve problems. But there are different kinds of problems that your emotional intelligence allows you to do. And that is more about how you deal with your own emotions, how you recognize emotion, the emotions in others and how you handle conflict. Um, I think kids who learn to be emotionally intelligent and it is social and emotional learning is becoming i think you know more popular in the schools mm-hmm. but i really think it's it's like critical much as i think digital literacy is important i mean the kids face so many issues online it's not like they can go to class and sit in a confined classroom and learn 
algebra and geometry and history and that's it and you know spit that information back it's important because it it teaches them how to think but emotional intelligence means you can take your thoughts and understand what emotions that brings up and have a vocabulary of emotions and so be more lit literate than just happy and sad you can be ecstatic or you can be a, a little blue or mm -hmm. a little offended or um passive feeling i mean there's so many different words for how you feel and we all have probably hundreds of emotions in the course of a day but if you can recognize them and know what triggers you as a parent i think you can much better deal with your own children and their emotions so, Joran, how important is it a mom to recognize the emotions that run through their child how important is that i think it's real important i think even when they're very young you know when your kid is having a tantrum and a fit because he can't have that cookie before dinner um if you just calmly instead of saying oh my god why is he doing this to me it, it, he's not doing it to you i mean their behavior is their behavior from something inside so he was this this child is feeling angry and upset and confused and frustrated so you need to get down to his or her size and calmly say i know it's really hard i mean it sounds hokey but empathize you have to empathize and when you're not emotionally intelligent and you fly off the handle at every given thing as a mom it, it's a constant it's constant battle and as they become teens in my mind that that parent is going to face greater greater issues because their child already has learned that they have to correct and they have to um listen and obey and or else nothing is going to go their way and then they don't have the ability to control their own emotions and then they don't listen at all. And I think they tune you, tune you out. So connection is, is in, in my mind an answer. And when you understand emotions and how to be emotionally intelligent, I think you do a better job. You have a much better chance of having that true connection to your child who will not always do what you want, but at least, you know, there's something there, there's a trust, there's um, a sign, a communication. Don't correct them all the time, try to connect with them. I think, oh, I, in answer, I, I went on a bit, but I think in answer to your question, I think it's oh. really important. It's really important. And I, I love what you said, you know, less correction, more connection. <laughs> I like that because, yep. you know, we, we take parenting personally. Oh, As yeah. you said, why we said it's why us and why are you doing it to me and uh, but we have to understand that the home is the is the familiar ground the mother right. the father is the familiar person that they are they supposed to be uh allowed to express who they are in front of and if that means that they're suppressing a, an emotion and it's it escalates into a behavior with the parent forget the emotion behind the behavior and attack the behavior and then right. we we argue and we become the child that, that's true and the behavior isn't going to be going away anytime soon because that is the behavior that got them whatever if that's their way to get the attention they're going to continue to to you know uh exhibit that behavior and 
again, you're right. And then it, it becomes a yelling. Everything becomes a yelling match. If you find that you're yelling five or six times a day and feeling your kids are not listening to you, you got to look inside yourself. I mean, I, 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 when I work with parents, I think it's the most difficult thing is first for them to ask for help, mm -hmm. to say, gee, I could use a little support. There's nothing wrong with that. People think they should be able to figure everything out alone. Well, uh, that's just too hard. It's just too hard. And someone else might have some input. The second thing you have to do is make sure you're making time for yourself, because if you don't have that cup of tea or take that break or go for that walk or um, go away, just walk away from the situation, you you don't have the energy to keep yelling. Yeah. So, no, you just and then, you know, figure out how you can best, you know, deal with the problem at hand. And you're right. The behavior is the tip of the iceberg. You can think you're going to fix that behavior, but you're right. All the ice in that iceberg is underneath in in very lots of emotions, lots of different emotions. Uh, and, so, and I'm glad, Joanne, that you doubled back because uh, you mentioned self-love earlier on and you came back and said it again. Yes. Moms find it very difficult to know what that self-love is. Can you give us a few examples of what you did to, re, you know, to, I, I like to say, refill your cup? <laughs> right. That's right. Re refuel. Um, yeah. I think when I realized I wasn't taking care of myself, I once in a while went and had a facial. I went and had a massage. I, I, I tried to meditate. I tried mindfulness in some ways. Some, some people are really good at that. And that's, one of the best ways I exercised, I, I took time out to make sure I had enough physical exercise. And I talked, I talked to my husband. Mm -hmm. And I have one or I had one or two friends. And I, I even got a therapist along the way, because, you know, I thought maybe someone else can give me advice on how best to talk to my daughter about what she is or isn't eating, or about whom she's, you know, hanging out with, or what she's doing about school. And it, it it I also realized through that, and this is something every mom or dad um, or parent should think about, is there were things from my own childhood and ways uh, that things that, you know, I felt how they were handled were somehow seeping through and coming out in my parenting style, in what I was looking for and expecting and I had these open, my kids told me everything, you know, they would talk about everything. Well, I had to sort of sort that out because my parents, we didn't talk about anything. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about, you know, we just, you know, how are you? How was school? Are you, are you being good? Is, is everything going okay? And if I started to exhibit worry, I mean, my mother would say things and, and she was a terrible worrier, but what do you, don't worry it's fine and that is really denying your emotions so if you said to your kid don't worry it's going to be okay you'll figure it out well to a degree that helps i think janelle but that's not only the only thing you can you have to dig a little deeper and sometimes that requires i always say it's an inside out process you're yes. you're going to do better if you and it's hard i think that's hard to do i sometimes when i get parents um and they realize I'm going to try to get them to work on themselves a little bit. That's a little intimidating. That I know, so I know, and I know, I know what that feels like because 
um, before I before I started to to coach parents, mothers, I was coaching teens, and I ah. did that for like two three years. And um, I used to run hype up my teens, you know, give them all these things that they need self esteem, confidence, and they would go home and come back next week, and they'd be like, mm. and I'm like, what's going on? We were also hoo ha, let's do this, and then you come back and say, yeah, but it didn't go like this at home, and it's and I, and I thought. I need to get to the head. <laughs> I need to work out. And when I started to have conversations now with mothers, because in my mind, Duran, honestly, I thought mothers was doing what I was doing. But when I realized they weren't doing what I was doing, this is why we were having big gaps between mother and, and child. I was like, well, I need to talk to these mamas. We need to get this record straight because the problem to the mothers was always the children. Yes. Yes. And they, it was never because of what they presented in the social, in the situation. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, my fear, for example, when I realized that my fear was kind of paralyzing me, uh, of course that was adding to the situation that was not creating um, a more calm, harmonious, peaceful environment. Mm. So you really do have to look inside yourself and see what it is you're contributing. And emotional intelligence really, really helps with that. And anybody can learn these skills. It's not like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm middle-aged now and my kids are older and I, what's the point? I don't, and some people come by some of it very naturally, but you you you, you just have to recognize your emotions. I, I, I remember once doing a, a workshop with a group of parents about it and, one dad said to me, oh, you know, why are you talking about all these feelings? I, I you know, I, I don't need to do this. I just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. And by the end, I remember that same dad came up to me and said, you know, I had no idea what I didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's just, but you can, we can, we can share that and learn. And I think, wow, if everybody had everybody had that sense of community and the ability to deal with relationships more honestly and authentically, I think we'd all be better off. Correct. And, you know, as you said, when the dad came up to you, it's amazing because we believe we, as mothers, we birth the kids, we have all the answers. And if we don't have all the answers, we're not equipped, we're not qualified. This is where I came up with the term qualified mom, because uh -huh. this is one job that you don't need to go to college, don't need to go to school, you don't get certificates for, but mm -hmm. because you are the mother, you are the most qualified person right. to do this job. What we That's need perfect. to understand is exactly what daddy would have said to you. You only know what you know. So what if we could know more so we can do more? Right, right. So raising our hands is not a sign of I should know better. It should be I should know more. <laughs> That's true. And that you are good enough and uh, your kids need you, you know, even those teenagers. I, and like you, I love teens. I counseled uh, college yeah. students for um, many years uh, in my previous <laughs> professional life. And uh, they, you know, you just have to have a listening ear. They, they, they can be insightful and thoughtful and caring and wonderful, but they're going to go through these moments of mood changes and, and uh, risky behavior, all of that. But Facts. if they've been open, if there's openness yes. in the household, you know, you can, you can, 
you can cope. You you just can cope. Tell me, Joanne, what how are you showing up as a qualified mother in this world? How are you helping other women, other parents, other mothers? What are you doing? Tell us about yeah. Um, I love doing these podcasts and summits and, and making presentations. I, I try very hard to get schools to invite me to talk to the parents and, or have small groups of parents. And I feel like I'm just showing up. And even if I have a few moms or dads that I deal with one-on-one -on -one and can make a difference, um, it feels great. It just feels great because I think we all need to do do work to 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 raise the next generation which we need you know competent resilient um leaders leaders and and citizens um so i feel like i'm showing up because i'm always willing to learn something new um i'm always willing to share what i what i do know uh, and what i do think and listen to others i i feel like i'm a better listener now and um i don't interrupt nearly as much that what my kids said mom let me finish my sentence <laughs> you know i was finishing their sentences so i think you know you learn a lot through the parenting journey um so i'm just showing up in the world trying to help all the time and um but also living my life and making sure i'm meeting my own personal needs and and my relation keeping my relationships intact excellent John. and how can any one of my listeners get in touch with you, you know? i um well i have a website um the best thing to do is to email me mm -hmm. which is joanne at joannehlight.com and i do have a free gift about uh steps to put the joy back into your parenting journey um and i'm certainly willing to uh, send that out to, um, I don't know if you want to send it out to your email list. Mm -hmm. I can, um, yeah, I, sure. I'll email you the link to that document. And that document leads you to sign up to get my newsletters and my emails. Mm -hmm. And when I'm going to be doing a webinar, um, I, that you would have notification of that. I often do some free webinars and talk about a topic. Uh, of interest. So uh, I, I don't think you want me to do that verbally right now. So I'll show no, you. No, what, you. I, what I do want you to, uh, to answer is in, in what ways can you help mothers listening? In case someone's listening, they're like, okay, it's what Joanne songs. It sounds like something I could benefit from. So who mother can reach out for your expertise? What type of mother are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for a mother who's willing to have an honest conversation and to look at herself and her role in her parenting, who is open to learning and open to sharing, um, and really someone who's really looking to make a change, mm -hmm. not to just deal with um, an apparent, my kid is always late, what do I do? Um, and not looking for simple answers, but willing to say, gee, I, I um, my kid is always late. He, he breaks curfew all the time. How do we go about that? So yes, we can start with a actionable strategies, but who wants to go a little deeper than that and think about what else is going on? So I don't know if that answers your question. No, but... it does. And you said it again earlier on in our conversation. More, It's more doing the inner work. Doing some inner work. Inner work right. to have 
a, a, a better external atmosphere, <laughs> right? Because it is, I, I definitely agree with you. We actually are on the same page when it comes to our parenting. It's the same mindset that I have um, coaching my parents, uh, mothers, because I, I do find it is very important that we recognize that we are responsible for contributing to our child's development. We are responsible for the conversations we have. We're responsible for the confrontations we have. We are responsible for that that timeline. And yes, you know, I always say when someone's asked me the other day, how many kids you've got? I was like, four. And they're like, how is that going? I was like, what a question. How how do I answer? Expecting a negative answer, right? I mean, yeah, we have to be accountable. I'm looking for people who want to be held accountable and want to, it feels good when you do things to to make a difference in in your relationship to your kids. It, it's it's very rewarding, you know. Parents, I think. Yes, you know. So the way and I'm particularly interested in parents of tweens and teens. I love the little ones, and I love working with those moms. But I particularly like working with parents of teens and and tweens and all the issues. Um, that comes with it. <laughs> that comes with it. And, it, you know, uh, digital literacy being a new thing that I really have tried to learn more about civics, you know, yeah. online civics, and, and, <laughs> how and to be a, an internet, an internet user with courtesy and safety. Correct. And what it is I, um, I want us to mention before we sign off is that when we have more of these conversations, we feel more not alone uh, because as moms, we think it's just us and we think it's just our child going through those mood swings, you right. know, those slamming doors, eye rolling, murmuring under the breath scenarios. And we think it's something that we have done and it's not necessarily we are consciously doing it, but it may have some that. unconscious behaviors that we're not even aware of as, as, as human beings, not even mothers and on that level. So it's right. so important that we have these conversations. And it's so important, Joanne, that I'm glad that you said yes to come on and to share your journey and to be very authentic and transparent in saying, you know, guys, it's rough, but it, you know, it gets easier, but there is there is solutions. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, absolutely. It's it's a journey. It's a process. Absolutely. And it's well worth it. I mean, you know, when you see how wonderful your kids can be, it it's very rewarding. It's it's great. But you do have to do some of the work. You do have to do some of the work. Joanne, I want to say thank you so very much uh, again for sharing your story. It's been an absolutely honor. Thank you so much. We've learned so much yet again. And I want to say to all my mamas. Oh, you're so, you're very kind. I, I'm happy to have been here. Good. I, I enjoyed it. It was great you. to meet you. And what I want to say to all my mamas, as I always end all of our podcasts, and when I say it, I do mean it, but it is another needed conversation. <laughs> the conversation that needs, we need to have more often in a community supporting one another Definitely. you know there's nothing I, like that community support right you're absolutely right and, and it's, it's great that you offer it janelle thank you it's wonderful. Thank, you. thank you and it's okay to wave that white flag 
it's okay to be down. It's okay to be out, but it's not okay to stay there. We have solution right. to any challenges uh, that, that, that there is in parenting. And the best, and I'm glad that you said this as well, Joanne, earlier on, one of the things that you did was to talk to your husband, to talk to someone, you know, and by talking to someone, someone that whom you trust is going to help you. They're going to help you get through this. So, Joanne, thank you so very much. You're very welcome. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. If I didn't say it, Joanne said it again. Don't do it alone, mamas. (laughs) Have an amazing day, and we will catch up on the next podcast. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mama Own Your Ish with your host, no other than Jenna Hall. I hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the tips and tricks you can use to gain confidence in your parenting and have clarity on your next steps. As a qualified mother, join us weekly to regain your happiness by subscribing to our podcast. And as always, you can head over to our Facebook page, HB Parenting, and check out all the links and resources. See you next time on Woman Own Your Ish.